Welcome to FOD Overdrive, the podcast that's a sister show for the FM Terrestrial Program that plays throughout Connecticut, Long Island, and Rhode Island, known as Freedom on Deck on FM 94.9 News Now and Stimulating Talk. This is the unfiltered version, a podcast version, that we put out every middle of the week or early during the week, depending on when we get it together. We're going to have two extended interviews for you. Uh, guests that they both actually frequent Freedom on Deck on a monthly basis. We have Bob Swick from Swick Speak coming by to talk about, uh, and he is an expert in all this, the energy increases that are going to be coming to New England from Eversource, which are currently happening right now. And we're also going to be bringing on the host of Swoop's World, Mr. Swoop, and he is a good friend to the program he's been coming on freedom on deck probably since 2017 2018 and we'll be talking about Brittany Griner and the release that took place for today I I wanted to start off talking about all the uh, craziness that's surrounding the investigation going into Donald Trump um, again this all started in 2020 with the capital what they call riots and i call them the protests because the folks that were rioting inside of that capitol building either were just horrible people uh or were put there by the democrats uh, and and you can say whether it was on either side we know that nancy pelosi shot down the uh the ask and the the ask from donald trump to bring the National Guard into the Capitol, and that was not done. Um, but I, I really want to get into what took place up till the impeachment inquiry. And actually, I'm going to start off with some of the comments from Michael Vanderveen. It's during the impeachment and the second trial of the impeachment for Donald J. Trump during 2021. And he will uh, give you the full audio, or at least what you need to know. It's not going to be the full audio, because I, I can't do that on this show. But he's going to play the audio of what Trump said prior to the march into the Capitol. And then he's going to, interestingly enough, show you all the vile rhetoric, not all of it, but most of it, a lot of it, uh, that came from the other side. When we talk about wonderful people like Maxine, Mad Maxine, as we like to call her, and some of the uh, others, like old Chucky Boy Schumer, many, many more that have called for violence against anybody that doesn't agree with them or supports Donald J. Trump. So let's get into this right now from uh, Trump's defense team in 2021 during the second Trump impeachment trial. And most people would be interested to know that the rhetoric coming from the left that Donald Trump created a, a atmosphere of violence you can argue that all you want but the fact of the matter is the media and the democrats when they release all those videos they knowingly edited out his words which told them to peacefully protest peacefully and patriotically they took all that down i mean for god's sakes i was looking up some some articles coming from snopes back in 21, where they had to agree and say, yes, it's true, and if anybody wants to look it up, look it up yourself, yes, it's true that during the hearings and during Donald J. Trump's January 6th speech, he did say to march peacefully and patriotically, and it was knowingly edited out by the media and the Democrats. It's all there for you to see. I, want, I just want to give this audio out. I know most of you probably heard it. But I think it's important uh, for the discussion. The Supreme Court, which ultimately rendered a decision to litigate questions of election integrity within this system is not incitement to resurrection. It is the democratic system working as the founders and lawmakers have designed. To claim that the president in any way wished, desired, or encourage lawless or violent behavior is a preposterous and monstrous lie. 
In fact, the first two messages the president sent via Twitter once the incursion of the Capitol began were stay peaceful and no violence because we are the party of law and order. The gathering on January 6th was supposed to be a peaceful event. Make no mistake about that. And the overwhelming majority of those in attendance remained peaceful. As everyone knows, the president had spoken at hundreds of large rallies across the country over the past five years. There had never been any mob-like or riotous behaviors, and in fact, a significant portion of each event was devoted to celebrating the rule of law, protecting our Constitution, and honoring the men and women of law enforcement. Contrast the president's repeated condemnations of violence with the rhetoric from his opponents. I am your president of law and order and an ally of all peaceful protesters. The vast majority of the, of the protesters have been peaceful. Republicans stand for law and order and we stand for justice. I just don't even know why there aren't uprisings all over the country, and maybe there will be. My administration will always stand against violence, mayhem, and disorder. There needs to be unrest in the streets for as long as there is unrest in our lives. I stand with the heroes of law enforcement. will never defund our police. Together, we will ensure that America is a nation of law and order. We're in high school, I'd take him behind the gym and beat the hell out of him. But I think you need to go back and, and punch him in the face. I feel like punching him. We just want law and order. Everybody wants that. I want to tell you, Lord Judge, I want to tell you, Kavanaugh, you have released the whirlwind, and you will pay the price. We want law and order. We have to have law and order. Show me where it says that protests are supposed to be polite and peaceful. We believe in safe streets, secure communities, and we believe in law and order. Tragically, as we know now, the January, on January 6th, a small group who came to engage in violent and menacing behavior hijacked the event for their own purposes. According to publicly available reporting, it is apparent that extremists of various different stripes and political persuasions pre-planned and premeditated an attack on the Capitol. That's the important part to cut off right there. Because I think the way that ended is, is exactly the way that I remembered it. Now, the, he, he talks about the different political stripes that went to the Capitol to create chaos, right? Now, the, the thought of most people uh, listening to that is, yes, there were Trump supporters that went there to create chaos. And NBC, CNN, and the rest of them would have you believe that. The other thought is that the leftists came in and infiltrated. That obviously happened as well. The one group that they don't talk about is the very extreme right. And uh, let me tell you something about these folks. The And I'm not talking about the Oath Keepers. I'm not talking about the Proud Boys. I'm talking about a lot worse than them. Okay, these folks are not Trump supporters. They are extremists. They hate Israel. They hate our nation, and they hate our government. and And if you folks think that I'm uh, putting a branch out there that's not capable of, of holding weight, you're exact. You're absolutely wrong. These people are bad people, no doubt about it. They went there with violence in their heart. Were there some people there that supported the president that went into that capital and created chaos? I'm not saying there weren't. Obviously, there are people on each side that created this horrible situation that we still shouldn't even be talking about right now anyway. My God, they took the deaths of those police officers and totally lied about the way that they died. One, one of them died of a heart attack after the Capitol. And you're disgracing their names. 
So yes, there were people on each side, but there is also a whole group of people that nobody acknowledges. The ones that were there to create the most chaos were not there to defend Donald Trump. I know who they are. Most of the knuckleheads that you listen to out there have no clue that this stuff exists. Because they just don't look. They either grab something from CNN or NBC or ABC, maybe Fox. I'm getting sick of people telling me, don't listen to Fox. I don't listen to Fox. I haven't listened to Fox in years. They're just as bad. So, um, you know, try to look further inside of what you're hearing. Because as obviously you can hear from that video, this violence coming from the left is, it happens all the time. And they're constantly beating people up, spitting on people. You think there weren't episodes in those cities that were up in flames? You don't think stuff happened over in Portland and people died? Good people that they hid? That the media hid? And that the morons that you listen to won't even talk about these folks died protecting their businesses. One guy, I think it was Portland, it may have been in California, I believe it was Portland, tried to defend the store that he had had, minority by the way, a minority, and guess what they did to him? They killed him. They beat him with a brick and killed him. Did the media talk about it? No. Any of your people that you listen to on a constant basis, talk radio, did they give it any airplay? No. So they're no better than the media, in my opinion. Cowards. See what you see. I see it right in front of my eyes. How come you can't? I'm not lying. It's not some fake stuff that we drum up. I didn't edit that video. But they'll have you think I did. And you'll say, oh, okay. Just like if they told you, this vaccine's good even though it's giving you blood clots. Take it. You'll still do it, won't you? Enough of me being on my soapbox for a day. They're trying to get to Trump. Obviously, they're trying to get to us. I don't know that Trump's going to be the nominee in the end. I think he should be. I still support Donald Trump, but I think there's a lot standing in his way, obviously, with what they're doing right now. But you need to be able to see clearly. Go back and look. Like I said, if you go back to 2021, even Snopes, the great fact checker that they use all the time, if you go back and say, did they edit the video to make Donald Trump look like the bad guy? If you look at it, it says, true. They had to admit it. It's great when you drag them through the the mud and they admit it, but everybody forgets it anyway. I'm going to go back to back with these next two interviews they're long interviews but they're worth it we have swoop who's part of swoops world a great podcast that's found on all the major podcast channels he's been coming on with me for a long time we're going to be talking about the release of britney griner from russia and the trade for the terrorists that russia got back from us yeah we really are standing up against putin now aren't we and then we're going to bring on bob swick from Swick Speak. You can check out Bob on our show. You can check out Bob through his Twitter and his website talking about Eversource and the increased energy prices throughout New England. We'll wrap it up later. Stay here on FOD Overdrive. Coming up now, Swoop from Swoop's World and then Bob Swick. Then after those two interviews, CV's going to come on and, and vent a little bit to end the show. Don't go anywhere. This is a big one for FOD Overdrive. Swoop from Swoop's World. Swoop, how have you been, man? I'm doing great, Chet. Man, it's always glad to be here with you fellas over at FOD. And uh, I'm doing well, man. Just I've uh, been doing a little traveling the last a week or two, but I'm happy to be back home and uh, catching up on my sleep. How's What have you been doing for the holidays? Are you traveling around for that or are you staying local? Staying local. Staying local. You know, hanging with some family and stuff. But uh, like a week or so ago, my son and I, we were in Barcelona for a week and enjoyed that and uh beautiful so that's 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 enough traveling for now we're gonna stay home for the for the rest of the holidays okay good good um so it's all been playing out and uh i wanted to talk to you about 
Miss Brittany Griner being swapped for Russia's Merchant of Death. And a veteran left behind, Mr. Paul Whelan, also has been brought into discussion as Joe Biden said that they'll be working on getting him out as soon as they possibly can and that he has uh, extended an olive branch to the Whelan family. Uh, and I also saw a statement from the Whelan family saying that they were happy to see that Miss Griner was back home, which is the classy thing to do. And I think uh, I think that's important that we mention that as well. Now, the, the controversy, I guess, on the right-hand side of the aisle is that Miss Griner has been pretty vocal about protesting, taking the knee, uh, calling out what she calls a society that is built on divisiveness and hate. Uh, those are just some of the comments that we've heard from Miss Griner before she was stupid enough to get on a plane with uh, an illegal narcotic, which you, you don't do, especially when you're going into a country like Russia. Now, for me, Keith, I wanted any American that's over there back home if we can get them back home. So for me, that, that was not a problem. Um, but I do think it's a little interesting how the narrative became so uh, volatile coming from both sides of the aisle and coming from the Biden administration. And, and I really do have to say that I think Miss Greiner was put at the head uh, in front of Mr. Whelan because she's a gay black woman, but not only that, a very liberal and vocal um if you want to say lefty, and that's what I'll say, let's just put it that way, she's a leftist, and uh, I think that kind of helped her as well, and I think they put her in the the front of the table. But you, as far as Miss Griner getting out, what did you think of that? Do you think that they, it was an equal trade? Should we have given back somebody that had dealt all these, these weapons out throughout the years and definitely had something to do with the death of, of many Americans? Uh, well, I think you and I talked about this a while back where we, we both said that we, we didn't like seeing any American being held in, in, a, in a foreign prison, you know, for extended periods of time. And we thought, you know, we, we didn't we didn't like seeing her rot there. Uh, but once again, we did say, you know, you you commit crimes in foreign countries, man. It, it's it's a, it's a crapshoot. You know, you kind of, you, you know, it, it's it's not not a wise thing to do. No. Seeing her get out uh, was one thing. I, like we said, we we didn't want to see see her there. But uh, it's like uh, it's like immigration, man. She skipped the line. She jumped to the front of the line. Yeah, uh, and that's that's what people were really upset about. I I I, I don't mind uh, if if the government wants to make a trade. Let's make trades for equal equals, uh, you know, or, or something something a little, you know. Right. You trade the merchant of death for a basketball player. Uh, you got a marine. You got a marine that's been sitting there for an extended period of time. Uh, Six years, yeah. Accused, yeah. accused of espionage. Whether that's true or not, but I, I think uh, I, I don't. I, I don't think we got the short end of the stick on the trade. I mean, I mean, you know, it's like, you know, when you when you're a kid and you you you, you know you stand in the street getting ready to play uh, some uh, some touch football or something, you know, it's like you know, <laughs> they they picked they, you know they picked. Uh, uh, Lawrence, Lawrence uh, Taylor, you know, the kid from uh, Different Strokes, Arnold. You there's got to be some, uh, you know, there's got to be something a little bit. Uh, I, I just listen. I don't think anybody on either side of the aisle is upset that she's home. And, and there's a lot of things that go along right. with her that that a lot of people don't like, uh, and, and and rightfully so at times. But I think trading the person they traded for her, we got screwed. And once again, it shows uh, Joe's lack of uh, awareness and uh, his his ability to get punked by other other nations. And I think. I just think we should have done a, a better job of uh, negotiating somebody else. I mean, of all the people that we probably have in custody that Russia wants back, you know, somebody who you traded for somebody who basically said he wants to kill Americans. He wants, oh, to, okay. he wants to, he wants to supply terrorists. He wants to kill Americans. Hey, so he sold let, missiles to Al Qaeda. Yeah. This is who you let out. You know, it does. Uh, 
and that's a shame. That's a shame. Yes, happy she's back on on American soil, uh, but uh, I think. Uh, that was the wrong person to trade for. On the bright side, swoop. Finally, a WNBA player's name is a is a household name. Now, <laughs> people can finally identify a WNBA player. It's I still mean, not going to. still not going to increase the amount of people that attend I, those. Games. I have to say, and I know no one's <laughs> going to like this, but I've never heard of her or saw her before. And when I heard her speak after she got home, I'm like, that's a, that's a woman. I mean, she is, she is very manly. I mean, that's, uh, I mean, I'm sorry. That's just what I saw. It's like this, <laughs> this odd kind of feeling to, to her. There's just like this bad feeling about the way that they did this, I think is, I think that's what's offensive towards everybody. And, and it was interesting to hear them talk about it on a few of the different programs out there. And it was actually Donald Trump refused to give the merchant of death for uh, Mr. Whelan. And they, they were saying, well, you know, Trump didn't deal with, uh, with Mr. Whelan either, so obvious, obviously there's, there's something there. And that's like an excuse. The media is trying to make an excuse, uh, I think because he had a, uh, it, I think he had a kind of a sketchy record in, inside his military service. What is that? What does that matter? It doesn't mean anything. Obviously, uh, Brittany Griner has a sketchy background, too. Well, you know, I, I always love, uh, you know, the old, uh, well, your your guy had a chance to do that. Right. And, uh, so, 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 well, if, then if he had a chance to do it and you thought it was wrong, why didn't you fix it? You know, I mean, seriously, I mean, to, 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 to use that as your reasoning for, for trading this guy for the basketball player, uh, the two don't the two don't mesh, and I and I hate to see this on both sides of the aisle. Where Me they go, too. Well, you know, your guy your guy had a chance to do this, for, you know, for four years, and they didn't do it, so uh, so we're skipping it as well. Well, that doesn't make it any better. I mean, if it was wrong the first time around, it's wrong the second time around. So um, that 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 doesn't that doesn't fly with me. I think a lot of times, and like you you hit you hit the nail on the head, you know. You, nobody's perfect and and you know to say well the, the, this guy might have had a sketchy background that's why the you know the, the president didn't trade for him and but you know i rather trade for i don't like trading for for arms dealers period neither but if you're gonna if you're gonna do that i rather train for somebody who actually believed in the country than somebody who spent their whole time that we know of, or, or, you know belittling the country and i and i was aware of her i remember her when she played in college i remember when she got drafted i, I mean i i, I kind of catch a little bit of, of the collegiate okay. basketball on both sides you know men and women's but still that doesn't uh, that doesn't push her to the to the top of the list has she is it good she's she's back and not in that prison yes but uh yeah. was it the person was it the person that they negotiated for was it an equal trade and no because we want to, like, and I've said this too, and I agree with you, we want them both back. We want everyone back. But you can't give away a terrorist who has been responsible for selling over 3,000 missiles to Al-Qaeda. And that's just some of the deals that he has been responsible for. We don't have many people in Americans this guy killed, Swoop. All right. And, uh, and these are the types of things that baffle me i mean uh with with uh biden's decisions i mean like all the like all the ammunition he left when he, he pulled out of uh yeah. afghanistan and on you know and and, and the military people that he let you know he, he left behind there uh this guy doesn't do anything that to me when it comes to these types of things that really are pro-american is he making the decisions though probably not <laughs> Oh, well, I mean, don't you think it's the left side of the aisle making decisions here? I think and, you know, regardless of who it is, he's, I know he's the he's the head of the he's the head of the party, right? So he's the yeah he's the, the commander quote the commander in chief. Yeah, uh, I have I have doubts about a lot of his a lot of his uh, things. Just facilities. Hearing yes, hearing him speak on a regular basis uh, baffles me. But um, you know he's he's going to take credit for these things, and and you know and you know. Credit to the uh, to the Marine Corps family, the mm -hmm. Marine uh, uh, officers' family. Yep. Uh, because you know my my initial uh, response was telling you know you know where you can put that uh, olive branch. Yeah, <laughs> I know. But uh, but uh, you know they're, they're they're still trying to get their boy back. Exactly. They're on the high road. They have to deal with the with the, with the government, and you know I, I get that too. But still, 
it just to me it it just kind of stunk as a trade. It didn't work. No. No, I don't think it did either. I I think I I'm I'm glad she's home. I hope that when she I, I hope she's a little better now with her stance on a, on on being a patriot. I hope she I hope she's somewhat appreciative of all this. Do you think she's going to take that that high road? Uh <laughs> Right? But seriously, I mean you would hope so, right? I mean, if she gets up yes, there first you, day back swoop and kneels, I'm going to have an issue with that. You 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 would you would hope so, but my 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 experience with watching uh I mean I'm not just talking about people on the left. I'm talking about leftists on the yes. far left. Yeah. My experience with people like that, uh, we'll probably hear her saying that uh, she was left there longer than she should have been mm-hmm. because she was a black uh, lesbian or whatever oh. so in the country. He, and so, and I'm the glad country you brought that up. And I'm, things like that. And I think you're right. I'm glad you brought that up. What if she was a black gay woman but supported Donald Trump? Would she be out right now? Uh, probably not. And, and, you know, that's politics plays a big, big issue in all of it. It does. We, 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 you know, we, we cause when I said that. that it changed the discussion, didn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think, uh, I think, you know, they, they work, they work harder for their own and, and these things like this should be equal across the board, you know, but they're not, you know, I, I was listening to a podcast the other day. And they were just talking about just like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, okay? And some of the people that are in there, but Ted Nugent's not in there. Why isn't Ted Nugent in there? Mm-hmm. We know why. <laughs> it's politics, man. Yeah. It has nothing yeah. to do with it has nothing to do with the body of work or the music huh. and stuff like that. And I think I think the same thing goes here. I think one of the reasons uh, he probably didn't put the medal down and, and really put, go hard hard press on this Marine. Same thing. He's a Marine. And same yeah. same thing for. Um... Kurt Schilling, a uh, pitcher right. for the Red Sox, who Red, Red definitely Sox, yeah. belongs in the Hall of Fame. He's not there. It's because yeah. of his politics. So it's a, it's a, a huge thing to do with these things. And so, um, yeah, I don't think that she would have been the, the, the front of the line. Or You know, bottom line is, is even if you're going to push her to the front of the line, which, you know, I, I think is wrong, uh, but even if you're going to push her to the front of the line, Tell me you traded her for a, uh, a Russian hockey player. Or, or get the you – know, right. Or, yeah. <laughs> or, or at least get her and Whelan. Right. Yeah, two for Not one. Not that that's you, good. I still wouldn't fact, like it, but at I least, would, you, you know, you could say, listen, we had to get these two people back. And, and I'd say, all right, okay. All the yeah. people that we left behind in, in, uh, in Afghanistan, too. I mean, this, this administration – is a mess. It is just oh. a, a pathetic mess. But yeah. but we'll see. Well, Keith, tell everybody. Keith, we call him Swoop. I call him <laughs> Keith once in a while by mistake. Swoop, tell everybody where they go and check out Swoop's World. Swoopsworld.com, or you can find us on Facebook or Twitter and all those types of things. And uh, look forward to the next couple of months. We're going to revamp in the uh, logo and everything. We're, we're ready to. You got to get me up. on. Uh, you, know, you are going to be one of the first ones on when we get we get back to rolling like we want. Good, were, so good, man. Looking forward to it. I'm going to offend everybody. <laughs> <laughs> that's what good radio is all about. <laughs> that, that's, yeah. All right, Swoop, I'll talk to you soon, brother. Thanks a lot. God Ted. bless. Merry Christmas. You, God bless you. You too. Everybody, that was Swoop from Swoop World. Make sure you go and check out the show. I can't wait till Swoop's back, and, and I can't wait to be a part of the show, too. Everybody, stay. We've got a lot more should go here. On the line with us is one of our great regular guests, political commentator whose blog is found at swickspeakblogspot.com. And the Twitter handle to follow him at is at swickspeak. We're talking about the one and only Mr. Bob Swick. Bob, how have you been, sir? It's good to have you back on the program. Chet, thanks for having me on. You know, I I wanted to get into the hikes that are going to be coming through New England from Eversource. In Connecticut and in New Hampshire, and the, uh, all the hikes that are going to be coming, Bob, are going to be set as soon as January 1st. This is going to be mostly natural gas. This is stuff 
that you have predicted would be happening as soon as the election was over. They A precedent that people are just saying, oh, well, too. And uh, that's a real concern to me. It, it shows me that, that maybe the voters in Connecticut and throughout New England want more of this. Well, I, what I don't understand about the whole situation, I do and I don't. I understand Eversource is in a bad position because they're going out for contractual agreements to provide electricity for their customers. The problem is there's not enough, quote-unquote, green alternative energy sources out there that they're being mandated to buy from, and therefore it's creating a shortage of electricity, a shortage of natural gas. Therefore, prices are going to be going through the roof based on it. Uh, One problem in New Hampshire that they're trying to address is they may go to a wholesale source for energy day by day and buy whatever uh, shortages they need to maintain their flow of electricity and then six months later try to balance out how much more it actually costs them than the contract costs them, meaning that uh, customers will probably be paying even more than what the set rate increases are going to be. Again, if you just had a free market situation for electricity, a free market situation for natural gas, unless America can produce the energy that we need ourselves, Instead of this this irrational, illogically, economically incoherent process that electric companies are following now to try to provide electricity to people that they service, we wouldn't have all these issues right now. But Bob, for, now, for our friends on the left, when they say this was, was going to happen anyway, if Trump was in office right now, is this happening? It is happening. I mean, it, it, they are the ones that created the issue. They are the ones that created these long-term problems for the electric companies. And realistically, again, we just need to produce our own electricity. And the one word I use, which, again, Democrats don't want to hear, is nuclear power. We, New England could have just nuclear power from Maine through New York, and it pretty much would resolve all their issues as far as electric power is concerned. But because nuclear power is supposedly so bad, you can't have nuclear power other than the limited uh, uh, nuclear power plants that are still in operation in New England. So get ready to pay through the nose for electric prices. I mean, I, I don't understand why this is a good thing for the economy of New England, for New Hampshire, Connecticut, so on and so forth. Bob, maybe I didn't make it clear. Bob Swick on the line with us. Uh, Bob, I was asking, if Biden wasn't in office and Trump was in office, would we still have these hikes no, no, that no, are coming? No, 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 not at all. Not at all. Everybody, they're all trying to tell me that, well, not all trying to tell me, but had a kind of little argument on, on uh, social media about this. And no, this would be happening even if Trump was in office. So no. that's BS. It is. It is. And, I, and I'll tell you right now, the Biden administration, the Democratic Party has created this energy crisis. They're creating the higher uh, electric prices. They're creating the higher natural gas prices, all in the name of this concept of green energy which, again, I've said numerous times, is not economically feasible at this time in our economy. Maybe 30 years from now, maybe 40 years from now, maybe in our children, grandchildren's lifetime. It's not now. It's not going to happen right now. It can't happen. It's not going to work. And I do agree, if President Trump was in office, we would not have any of these issues right now as far as energy is concerned. And you can't blame. I have a very difficult time trying to comprehend from a pure economics point of view why the war in Russia and the Ukraine is creating the problems that we're having with energy in our country. I find that very, very hard to believe. I've tried reading different things about it. It it doesn't make any sense to me economically. Yeah, they're not wasting that crisis, are they, Bob? Not at all. Not at all. Using that as much as they can, for sure. Definitely. Definitely. So the president of, um, do you have any more points on that, Bob? Go ahead. No, no. Basically, it's just get ready to pay. I'm, I'm estimating at least 50% to 70% more for electric and natural gas prices in New England over the next 6 to 12 months. Sending working families out of the state. It's un- uh, <laughs> I, There's no options right now. I mean, either you gotta, you're going to be doing without in a lot of different areas, especially in food, to pay your utility costs, pay your energy costs. You know, energy because when we're talking about that article from, you know, in New Hampshire, and I'm looking to buy from New Hampshire because the prices of homes, of course, are down. But if, if you're in Connecticut and you're, and you're in these areas that are where the taxes are through the roof and the prices of our homes are through the roof and you also have this, it's not good. 
No, not at all. It, and again, it's it's an example of runaway inflation. That's what it really is coming down to. <laughs> they, Democrats might say gas prices are coming down. What does that mean? Nothing. Gas prices were never this high in the first place for them to come down to still a higher level before the election. And the second point is we have serious shortages, serious shortages of diesel and heating oil, which are two components of the economy in Connecticut and throughout New England. So what's being done about that? Nothing other than we're saying this has been a constant problem. It hasn't been a constant problem. It's a constant problem right now. It was a constant problem in 1974. It's Trump's fault. That's yeah, what, like what that, I said. That's what they say. I'm just like, I'm going away. I'm not even talking to these people. It's just it's, they're brainwashed. Um, it's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. I wanted to talk a little bit about this. The National Retail Federation conducted a survey that revealed organized retail crime is spiked by 26.5% in 2021. Now, Bob, according to the National Retail Federation uh, president, disorganized retail crime is a far more complex problem than required in the national conversation. A lot of this stuff is happening uh, in California, as we know, that you need to... You need to steal over $900 worth of things for shoplifters to actually be prosecuted. Inside, that's what we're having problems right now. How, how in trouble is the retail market, Bob, in this country? Throughout California, we know that's what's happening. I also see the most happening in liberal cities throughout the U.S. Uh, this is a big, big problem. It's a major problem, and I foresee, and I'm, I've been trying to estimate, uh, you know, given different factors, I really think the retailing industry is going to contract physical buildings of stores where people can shop by 20 to 40 percent over the next couple of years. And the biggest reason why is they cannot afford the, the theft and the losses that are being founded in their stores where people brazenly walking out with two, three thousand dollars worth of stuff and not being prosecuted, not being caught. And it's just, you know, a big game. It's a big game with the criminals. It's a big game with the court system. It's a big game with with many of these municipalities that are allowing it to happen. Why are they allowing it to happen? I don't understand it. There's no logical explanation why you would not prosecute somebody from stealing from a store, because that penalizes the people who go to the store. They need the store to buy their, their goods, their products. They need the store to get their essentials every week. What are they going to be doing after that if the store closes? I saw these video, Bob Swick's on the line. And Bob, I don't know if you've seen this. I saw it on YouTube. They call them... Uh, flash gangs they go in like 10 to 20 of these kids they run through the store they start stealing you know the very expensive things makeup um of course electronic devices anything they can get their hands on and they run out and it's like thousands of dollars and then there there was somebody that was talking about the fact that they can't prosecute him because each one of them doesn't have enough of each one of them. If each one of them had 900 <laughs> overnight, I right. said, this is just, how can they survive that? Right. And again, that again shows the logic, uh, the, the lack of logic, the lack of any type of uh, common sense in our legal system. If we're going to allow this to happen. <clears throat> and again, what is the benefit to society of the, all this theft and crime going on? I really would like to know. Do the criminals vote Democrat? Is that their only concern? Are they feeling that they have to write injustices or injustices that have taken place uh, several hundred years ago? I mean, I don't understand. I don't get it. From a pure economics point of view, I would never open a retail store right now knowing that if someone stole from me, I have no legal right to go after that person. And again, it hurts the people who need the stores the most. And again, you go look at a lot of inner cities. There is no place where people can buy food, <clears throat> buy supplies, buy anything. So what what it, and Bob, in the inner cities, how about the single mother that needs that job? And they have to close that right. uh, CVS down because you got a bunch of punks running in there and these flash gangs taking all this uh, jewelry and, and everything. Out, not jewelry, but, you know, they're, they're taking all these big money products off. And eventually, the people, people that own the store and run the store have to shut down. It's already been happening. Exactly. And again, that does hurt the job market where we're going to see a lot less retail jobs, which at one time was a was basically a safety net for a lot of people. You know, yeah. back in the 70s, back in the 80s, you lost your job. You could go into the local uh, retail store, the local grocery store, know you could get a part time job. 
know you had some income coming in. At least there was something better than nothing. When those jobs are gone, what are they going to be replaced with? I don't know. And no liberal economist or liberal politician has been able to explain to me or you or anyone else what is being done to resolve this crisis. Again, another political crisis created by the Democratic Party because of their uh, inability to prosecute criminals and their, their apparent love of criminals and hatred against those people who do things by the law, according to the law, and are trying to follow the law so that they can live a better life. It's inherently incomprehensible that this is happening today. You know, Bob, I know as the uh, Republican pundits out there and some of the big voices out there don't like to give much credit to Donald Trump, but he did talk about this, and he talked about prosecuting these folks to the hilt. Uh, we need more of that, man. Right now, the uh, the inmates are running the asylum, so to speak. Well, definitely. And again, you see you see the, the great divide in our country between red states and blue states, where the red states have law and order. The red states are prosecuting criminals. They have less crime. They have less theft. They have lower electric rates. While the blue states, it's, it's just an, a, a, a just economic nightmare, a criminal nightmare. It's just a nightmare behind, be, beyond comprehension. And for what reason, I, I just don't understand it. I don't get it. And I'm not going to call it a blue wave, but they won more than they should have. This was a terrible, terrible uh, knife in the back of America with the Democrats pulling away with more than they should have, Bob. Exactly. At least the, the Republicans got the, the House of Representatives, and I am confident, and I, 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 I'm saying this loosely, I'm confident that the Republican Party will start to attack and start to unwind a lot of the Democratic uh, wrongdoing, the Democratic uh, corruption, the Democratic incoherent economic policies that they're force-feeding the American public. It is not right what they're doing. Before you go, Bob, you know, and mention that, not to bring Trump back into the discussion, but one thing about Trump is is he fought back. A lot of the Republican uh, voices out there right now, a lot of the politicians even are saying, we don't, mo we don't need more divisiveness. We need to move away from the message of Trump. Well, that message can't be to cower in the corner and not fight back. We see what's going on here. Whether or not they're going to support Trump or not, that's a whole different discussion. My personal opinion is I still want Trump to be our guy. If he's not, I'll move around with that. But at the same time, I'm not sitting back and looking at these these uh, lily whites sitting in the corner and cowering away from the Democrat Party saying, do whatever you want. We can't have that. We can't have it. And we have to go back to an America that has a, a system of laws and rules and that are actually going to prosecute criminals who do wrong in our economy. We need to become an economy that is energy self-sufficient again and that can provide enough jobs and housing for people who work and need to live close to where their jobs are, or close to where their families are, so on and so forth. We need to stop this liberal garbage, for lack of better terminology, of incoherent, Ill illogical economic and social policies that are ruining our country. I think myself and millions of other people in America have had enough of it, and it's time to stop today. And Bob, I don't want to be lectured by Liz Cheney anymore. She's at office. I don't need to see her on the news talk, talking about a second Trump presidency would destroy our democracy. She doesn't know what the hell a democracy is, first of all. Second of all, she was elected in a republic, wasn't she, Bob? Exactly. And she doesn't realize that our democracy has been upended and, and ripped apart by Joe Biden and his corrupted Democratic Party. And enough is enough of it. I think, unfortunately, she does realize it and she approves of it. Exactly. Bob, thank you so much. Tell everybody where they go check you out. Check out my website, swickspeakblogspot.com, and follow me on Twitter, please, at swickspeak. Thanks a lot, Bob. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Chuck. Everybody, that was the one and only Bob Swick. Go check him out. Now we'll turn the microphone over to C.V. Burton. C.V., how you doing? Thank you, Chet. Great interviews, as always. I have a lot of errands to run today, so I'll make my segment here brief. So I'll cut straight to the quick, just to break down to the most recent events in the news. I'm sure you've all heard that the $1.7 trillion omnibus was passed by the Senate today, 70 to 25. Because it's not paid for, the interest will pile up for years costing taxpayers several trillion more. 
Republicans who voted for it are, and I'll list their names, despite the fact that they just had a press conference the other day blaming Biden for the invasion on the border, while there is nothing in this spending orgy at all for the border. So the Republicans who voted for this mark their names. Some of them are not surprising. Blunt, Boozman, Capito, Collins, Cornyn, Cotton, Graham, Grassley, Hayden Smith, McTurtle, McConnell, Moron, I mean Moran, Moran, Murkowski, Portman, Romney, Rounds, Bathhouse Rubio, Shelby, Thune, Tuberville, Wicker, and Young. So, in this pork barrel bill, $45 billion goes to the military and economic aid for Ukraine's conflict with Russia. This is billions more than the $37 billion Biden requested, by the way. Remember, this war is a laundromat for cash to the global left cronies, and more of our best weapons will miraculously wind up in the hands of ISIS. More of Barack, the Antichrist, O'Jarrett's fingerprints are all over this. Five billion in earmarks for 3,200 projects to pay off Democrat donors and cronies. 47 billion for the National Institutes of Health, NIH, so they can continue to fund gain of functionality and biological weapons to hand over to China against international law. And to lock down the economy again and force more mask and vaccine mandates that are killing more people than the Chicom virus itself. One billion for Puerto Rico's electrical grid, because God knows they can't pay for anything themselves. Six hundred million to address water issues in Jackson, Mississippi, when it probably only takes three million. The Senate version of the Electoral Count Reform Act, which would change the process for lawmakers to object to the certification of the presidential election so they can continue to steal elections, but without the drama. Oh, by the way, Judas Pence said that he didn't have the authority to kick it back to the states to figure out what was going on with the questionable results. But then they wedged this line item into this spending bill to make to take away the vice president's power to kick it back to the states. So which is it? Anyway, okay. $575 million for reproductive health where population growth threatens biodiversity. So more children can be brainwashed, mutilated, and neutered if they weren't aborted to begin with, that is. So this pork barrel spending bill is the last gasp and last grasp at power before the new Congress is seated in a few weeks. It's a spit in the face of both fiscal and social conservatives. It ties the hands of the next president and helps firm up the cheating in the hopes neither President Trump nor any America First candidates ever get in again. The Carrie Lake trial is happening right now as we speak. It's day two. I've watched a significant amount of it and was surprised that the judge seems fair and even-tempered to both parties and to the whole proceedings. There had been a motion a couple of days ago by Maricopa County and the Hobbs team to simply dismiss the case based on a bunch of nonsensical grounds. The judge could have, if he wanted to, throw out the entire case, as many judges did to the Trump team two years ago. But a lot of believers and prayer warriors prayed the most excellent prayers they could, and the judge saw the light and let the trial go through. And from what I've seen, he's being quite fair and thoughtful. He does have humble, soft-spoken, and considerate bearings. As I've seen, most of the time when the Hobbs team objects, he overrules. He also never says sustained. If anything, he'll just say, rephrase the question. So he's being very fair. What are some of the revelations we've learned from this trial so far? One was that the reason the ballots were being rejected in such great numbers as to create such widespread chaos and disenfranchisement 
of so many Republican voters on the day of elections was that the ballots were shrunk from 20 inches to 19 inches when they were printed before they got filled out. The testimony also showed that it was intentional and a total breach of protocol. Oddly, the system was tested just the night before to have performed flawlessly. Or it was rigged that way just the night before. That seems more likely. Another disconcerting thing was that the number of early ballots sent to the post office were never tallied before dropping them off at the polling centers. The drop boxes are supposedly tallied except on election day. How convenient. It's still sketchy as to how many ballots wound up in box number three, although they keep saying it was 17,000. But nobody knows for sure. And we also heard testimony that poll workers were allowed to bring ballots in themselves on election day and probably even after election day, supposedly from family and friends, thus bypassing all legal procedure that is supposed to ensure chain of custody. And I'm sure that's barely scratching the surface of all the cheating that will be uncovered by this trial. I do see a silver lining in this situation with Carrie Lake and Katie Hobbs in that it will probably shed a lot of light on what happened in 2020. Because we know that the Trump team was never afforded the constitutional rights to bring their case to trial. So, in any case, no matter who wins or loses in this case, it will be appealed and may find its way eventually to the Supreme Court. All I will say to conclude is that if you prayed for this situation, do it in faith. Don't be like so many who prayed out of one side of their mouths, but then predict defeat out of the other side. Have faith as you keep fighting and standing for the truth. But expect and watch for the hand of God to intervene or place a hedge of protection around the truth so that the truth will prevail. That's all I ask. You know, believing is not hard, especially... When you've seen God perform his wonders in this world before. This has been Freedom on Deck, Overdrive, the online short version of our Fox News radio show. Thank you, Swoop, Bob Swick, and Chet Martin. This is C.V. Burton signing off, wishing you a wonderful Christmas. God bless America. America.